you're listening to The Cumberland Road, and I'm your host, TJ Melanoski. The following is a faith conversation with Tyler Lindsay, the minister at the Briar Creek Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Bremen, Kentucky. Within the first six months of Tyler serving at Briar Creek, the area of Bremen was hit by an EF4 tornado in December of 2021. 18 months later, Tyler sits down with me to share what it was like to minister during a time of crisis and what it is like to receive support. He shares that there is a gift, a gift in just being present in another's life, whether stranger, friend, or family. The gift of being present can speak to the heart of an experienced trauma such as a natural disaster. This discovery has shaped Tyler's life. This is the second attempt at recording my conversation with Tyler. Having technical difficulties on my end, he was gracious enough to sit down and try again. And I am so glad he did. Here is the faith journey of Tyler Lindsay. Let's start with Friday night, December the 10th, 2021. There was an EF4 tornado that swept through your area where you live. Tyler, tell me about that experience and how that impacted you. Well, the night of the tornado, uh, we had actually gotten called away to a wedding. A couple friends of ours uh, who are also coming across Tyrians, they, uh, they got they got married and they wanted us to be in the bridal party. So I was a groomsman and, and Heather was a bridesmaid. And uh, we went off. It was in McKenzie. So we were staying in McKenzie and on our way there, we knew it was getting bad. The storm looked awful on the way there. Uh, and then we got into Best Western there in McKenzie. I got into the room, turned on the TV. And about that time, the TV uh, on the TV, the news uh they were showing this this tornado that had already traveled across multiple states. I think at the point when we were watching it, it was just about to go into Western Kentucky, mm-hmm. and um, it had already been through. I want I want to say Tennessee, uh, and I started in Arkansas, um, and so I uh, watched a little bit of it uh, and saw where it was going and just you know, what do you do? You can't stop it, uh, as much as you want to. Well, uh, let, so, let, let me ask oh, you yeah, this. Um, I'm, let me interject. And I have to admit when I, when we have storms come through, you turn on the TV and you look and there's that thought in your head. Oh no, there's a bad storm, but it isn't going to affect me or I don't mm-hmm. want it to, you know, a lot of times you still think you think of, well, I don't want harm on anyone else, but it isn't going to happen here. Did that right. go through? Oh, your... no, that happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, for me, it, it certainly did. I watched, I was saying, there's no way, you know, there's no way. <laughs> uh, this can't, this isn't real, you know? And so we, we watched it and it, it, it went right over uh, Bremen and there was just, you know, a, you know, sort of 
a silence. What do you say? You know, and mm-hmm. so eventually, uh, a little bit after that, uh, one of one of the elders of the church, uh, he called me and he said, "Brother Tyler, uh, I don't know if you've seen it on the TV, but this tornado went through, uh, and it, it hit Bremen." And he said, uh, "There is damage, and there's damage in your out your way. We just don't know how how bad it was." Mm-hmm. So what were you what were you thinking at that moment? Kind of the same uh, thing. Yeah, I think I was continually trying to uh, just just tell myself that it couldn't be that bad, you know, uh, sort of a coping, you know, re- recognizing that I've seen what this thing has already done, you know, um, in other states mm-hmm. and how big it is and how they were talking about how awful it is. It was, I think, when they when they were talking about a severe warning or the tornado warning, our area was already uh, what was like a potentially dangerous situation, which is like the highest you can get with tornado warning. So they weren't kidding around with any of this. And so, you know, we heard there was damage. And I think the part of me just knew that it was a lot worse than what I was letting myself uh, believe. Right. Um, But I think for the most part, until the next morning when people were able to get out and uh, really see the damage, um, there was uh, this is little just like hanging on to hope that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And, yeah. um, you know, I'd call as soon as that happened, as soon as t- uh, my, my elder called me, I started calling around and uh, my that, that hope that things weren't nearly as bad just got shattered uh, when I called one of my church members and found out that an elder and his wife had been killed. And mm-hmm. I knew that this, this, there's just, you know, there's just, there's no way, you know, that this was, uh, not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. No, it was awful. Um, and well, let, let me pause yeah. you again. Uh, um, and please we'll pick right up. So you're in another town in another state and you're experiencing a pool. You're pulled in three different ways. You have a commitment there. <laughs> you and yes. your wife, Heather yes. are part of a wedding party. The very next day, there's damage, there's damage in your area, and then there is the news of a death of a member of the church that you serve. Yes, yes. Oh, my. You're all over the place then. Uh, it was at that moment I wish I could actually be in three places at once, but there was no way for me to do that. And, you know, it was awful. You know, mm-hmm. I think, too, I was working through a little bit of guilt at that point. Uh, because I was there and there was suffering where I should be, you know, where I felt like I should be, yeah. uh, you know, cause I'd always, um, you know, starting into that mini- my ministry at Briar Creek, I told myself one of the things I'm going to be very, um, uh, intentional about is being present, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that ministry of presence, uh, and I guess in that moment, I couldn't do that. And that, that tore me up. You know, I was like, I, they're, they're hurting. There's somebody has died. Uh, somebody I know, somebody, one of my elders, church family has died and I'm not there. Mm. Uh, and I can't get there. And that was awful. I mean, that's something I still think about. Just that feeling alone uh, of being somewhere where there's, you know, somewhere else. Right. You know? And you... But in reality, you couldn't have physically gotten no, there anyway. No. We were talking off mic, and you were saying, from a logistics point of view, the roads were not Absolutely available. Not. Yeah, but no, still, that doesn't yeah. help with the rationale it, it, of where your heart wants to it be. It doesn't. The heart wanted to be there. The, my mind knew I couldn't. You know, there was just mm-hmm. no. There's absolutely no way. Uh, I mean, trees are down everywhere, and they were cutting trees all through the night trying to get you know get into 
to get the roads in so that we can get uh, EM, EMS and, uh, you know, emergency, all the emergency services in there. Uh, and I say we as if I was there, but you know what I'm saying, you know, yeah. uh, uh, they were. Uh, and so eventually they were able to clear the road so that my mom and dad could come that next morning uh, while we were at the wedding. Um, my mom and dad were in Bremen mm-hmm. looking at the destruction and, uh, you know, my mom called me just, I mean, she was torn all to pieces and uh, she said she'd never seen anything like it and, and, you know, me neither. So I, you know, <laughs> um, I, uh, I just, uh, I just remember that, you know, that the sound of my mom's voice when she was telling me about it and, mm. um, you know, it just she was she was absolutely shattered. But at the same time, I think she she also said, "I'm happy you're there," uh, because it could have been you know you were here, and I know you, you know, and you wouldn't have been in the basement. I was like, so uh, is, um, that, is that true? Absolutely, I probably would have I would have been sitting in the in the living room or something. Uh, <laughs> you know, until the power went out, that I would have gone to bed. Yeah. Um, yeah, because um, this tornado, just for those who don't remember. This is late Friday night into Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and um, the the time that many people were at home and many were in bed, and um, just in Bremen alone, there were uh, twelve people that died from the storm. Yeah, yep. and unfortunately, the the reality is uh, a lot of them, uh, you know, they, we had had tornado warnings before it's it's not uncommon to have tornado warnings here um but then that that thought of ah well you know it, it doesn't happen here you know sometimes that's wrong uh and and the, it just happened to be that case the case there too um you know you you, you just think ah you, you know it'll never happen here and and then december 10 happens so it's um uh, the, the unfor- that's the unfortunate part of it. And that, I think that would have made that same decision too, had I been there, you know, I've had them, we've heard them before, you know, uh, you know, I'll just go to bed. We'll sleep. It, it doesn't happen. You know, it's never come through, you know? Right. So I don't think anybody thinks that now. When you were able to return home, um, let's talk about what you found. We, uh, we were, uh, able to get back into Bremen, uh, on Sunday. I, uh, we didn't get out of the wedding on Saturday till about five or so. And my mom, uh, just, uh, you know, she really asked me or really didn't even ask me. She, she informed me, uh, or told me that I, I was coming to their house first. Uh, there was no if, if sands or buts about that. So when mama says go, you go. Uh, <laughs> and so I went to their house and, uh, they had the dogs there. The dogs were in the house, uh, in the, in the house that the tornado hit. And so they went and got them out and they were of course, very happy to see us. Uh, um, and so we, uh, you know, we stayed with my mom and dad that night. Uh, and in the morning, we got up earlier uh, and went to the church, uh, Briar Creek, uh, where we had a whole bunch of us there. We didn't really have a service. Um, I don't think that I was in any any shape or form to to even deliver a sermon that day. So I, uh, so we we settled for just a a really really meaningful prayer service, which was you know all we can do you know if that's all we can muster that's all we can muster and so that's what we did um we 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 just had a prayer service all of us together and um 
you know, that's just what it's all you can do. And so after the prayer service, uh, my, my mom and dad, myself and Heather, we all went to the, to the, to the house. And when I pulled in, it's, I, it's really hard to, um, explain exactly the feeling that went through. Uh, I think stepping out of the driveway and you just seeing, uh, that house that you left in good condition, you know, in perfect condition, it was great. You know, it's beautiful home. You left it fine. Uh, and you come back and it's, it's in pieces, you know, but how do you really, you know, deal with that other than, uh, feel every single emotion all at once. Um, because I could see a lot of belongings of mine, things that I really cherish. They're gone. They're, they're scattered all over the place. My neighbor's patio set was in my living room. It's It was, you know, just things like that. Heather's car had been speared, uh, speared with uh, tree branches, which was, uh, you know, for what, you know, that was, I mean, actually, you know, and I don't, it was kind of cool to see that, you know, uh, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> It was her car. I know that was, you know, I try not to, you know, sound like that, but it was kind of cool to see that, you know, I'd never well, seen that before, but yeah, yeah, it's a moment of awe. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. The, you, yeah. You've recognized the sheer power of this thing that went through, uh, when it spears a car, you know, with, with, with a branch, you know? And so, um, but, you know, like I said, you feel every sort of emotion all at once because I see all this stuff that's mine. It's scattered everywhere. My life is everywhere. My house is gone. And that moment I, I recognized that I, you know, if had I not had my mom and dad right there with me and known that they were going to let me sleep at their house tonight, I would have had nowhere, you know, and you know, that, that was a humbling thought in itself, but you know, seeing all that and that sadness, you know, but also there's joy in the fact that Heather was standing right next to me. Uh, you know, the one person, you know, I can't replace her. Um, I can replace the things that were destroyed in the house. I can replace the house, but I can't replace her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, there was that joy there and that, you know, change in perspective, really, that, that there was a change in perspective that took place then. I was still hurting a whole lot, but I think there was that recognizing that what mattered most to me was still with me. Uh, and so that, yeah, learning experience right off the bat. Well, and you have your hurt and your loss mm-hmm. and it's connected as well with other people throughout the community. Yes. We, we were talking off mic how it was a, it was a shared experience, but not the kind that you want to have in terms of a shared experience. No, not at all. <laughs> and then and then the loss of of life uh within the church but also in your community as well. As a minister and as a Christian looking back on a year and a half ago <laughs> what how did your faith speak to you and help you work through that loss? and and look to the future and how did it help you with all the range of emotions that you were feeling in that moment and in in the days and weeks to come uh well uh i think you know looking back on it it you know and it's been a year and a half i uh i really have begun to see just how important um the 
community aspect of our faith is. I know we have our personal faith, mm. uh, but so much of that is wrapped in the faith that we share with others, uh, you know, and that 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 time that we spend with others in worship of God and in and, and service to God, you know, that's 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 vitally important. And in many ways, we couldn't do it without that. Um, I, I imagine, I, I, you know, thinking back on all that, all that we went through with the tornado, trying to go through that by myself would have been impossible. Uh, I think that it would have, I don't, I, it would have destroyed me. I was destroyed, but I was lifted up at the same time by the ones that were also there who were hurting with me, other Christians that were there who knew that, you know, in this moment, you know, we needed each other because God placed us, placed us in each other's lives for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was this, you know, this recognition that now we are to be present in each other's uh, uh, suffering uh, and lean upon one another because God, you know, that's what God ordains that, that, that communal um, community, the community, you know, um, he wants that. God wants that. Tyler, for you looking back, what do you think was the hardest part the, the, in the moment of when you pulled into the driveway or receiving the news, you know, a couple nights earlier, or was it the days or the weeks to come that felt the hardest that were the most difficult? I would say the days or the weeks to come, honestly, uh, I think for the, 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 the night beforehand or the couple nights beforehand up until when I was standing in that driveway, I was numb, you know, what do you do? Um, you know, and then I had all those emotions, but there was just this numbness that sort of pervaded it all. Yeah. Um, uh, because you're, you know, you, I, I was in shock, you know, you, you spend all that time trying to understand what happened and, you know, you don't ever know that I'm still trying to understand why it happened, but I'm, I guess one of these days I'll understand that I don't have to understand, but, um, <laughs> that's probably uh, a really good place. To be, yeah, yeah. to be comfortable yeah. with the unknown uh, and to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's easier said so. than it's to a, actually yeah. oh, live it. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Trying to live it right now, and I tell you, it's easier said than done. Uh, but I uh, I would say that the, the, it was the weeks following uh, that, that, that were the hardest. I, I think because, one we, one, we were, again, working through all of, you know, picking up our life together and, you know, trying to sort through and save what we can, uh, the uncertainty of not knowing where we were going to live. Uh, cause you know, going back and forth to Bowling Green, while it was good that we had my parents' house, it was also not feasible for me to go, go back and forth every single day. Um, with the one car that we had, cause our other cars had been destroyed. And so we were, you know, you know, we, it was a big struggle there, but also I think in the weeks to come, there was also, you know, that need for, you know, people were wanting to know why and, you know, why do these things happen? And, and, you know, of course you look to a minister to answer that, you know, like we, like for some reason we have that answer, you know, <laughs> I was like, uh, look guys, <laughs> um, you know, as much as I would like to give you the answer, I don't think there's an answer I could give that really would uh, satisfy. Uh, because there, I haven't found the answer that would satisfy me either. Um, you know, and so, uh, I think that that struggle, not being able to answer those questions that hurt, uh, that was hard, uh, because you want to, uh, but the best thing I knew to do in that moment, uh, if I couldn't give them answers, is just to be there. Um, 
and and to be present. I think uh, I've mentioned that earlier in the ministry of presence, and I think that goes a long way, especially in times of struggle uh, and strife like this one. Uh, sometimes all, the best thing you can do is be there for someone in their suffering, and that's it. You were in a, a unique place because you're the minister at the Briar Creek Cumberland Presbyterian Church, and the the community experienced a tornado and loss, and you're called upon to be available to minister, and yet you too were directly affected by the storm and with the loss of, of home and possessions. So looking back on that, Tyler, how did you balance the care of self and the care of others from, well, yeah, from a theological, spiritual, and even a pragmatic way? Well, I think a lot of the balance was uh, was in finding, uh, you know, for me, finding someone that I could turn to um, uh, and, and let them pour into me. And there were a lot of people willing to do that. Um, of course, pouring into myself uh, with, you know, staying in the Word as much as I could. Uh, and then, you know, for those moments where like, I want to, I want to vent to somebody, well, I can't just vent to anybody, you know, there's that age old question, who pastors the pastor. And so, uh, I, you know, there were many, many ministers of the Carmel Presbyterian Church that reached out to me personally, called me and said, Hey, look, we know, we know that there's going to be a big struggle. You are in a really difficult position being uh, a pastor in this, you know, in a community that has suffered such great devastation and you yourself are a victim. Mm-hmm. He said, so uh, one of the, I can remember uh, 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 one phone call where one of the ministers said, Hey, I don't care if you have to just yell at me, yell at me <laughs> and let's find, you know, let's get, let's, let's help you out a little bit. So there was, of course, uh, I think uh, one of the big things that, uh, a way in finding balance is that the Cumberland Presbyterian church uh, was the balancer for me um in many ways my presbytery cumberland presbytery uh i mean they showed up and showed out um you know uh they uh sent in many ministers to uh help not just me but help the community in in sort of a spiritual uh counseling uh in that moment uh and 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 it, it that was one of the really wonderful things that sparked out of uh this this terrible event was the uh that that our presbytery and hopefully soon the denomination will have that sort of spiritual counseling, um, you know, and, and, and disaster relief, um, plan. Uh, and so, uh, that, but they were there, uh, a lot and they poured into me and they recognized too, but, you know, I will say that my congregation, the Briar Creek congregation recognized from the get go, uh, that, you know, yes, I am a, minister in this moment, but I'm also the victim and I'm also human, uh, you know, and I'm not, I'm certainly not going to be able to navigate this, uh, and, and, and be, you know, completely fine, you know, and even when I say I'm fine, they knew that they knew better, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you, was it hard? Was it hard to, to be vulnerable? Was it hard to receive help? Um, was it hard to show weakness for you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think, uh, we, we don't want to be, we don't, that vulnerability is so uncomfortable, um, because you don't know how somebody's going to receive it. Um, some people might, 
you know, you, you know, you know, you might, they might see your vulnerability as, you know, oh, well, he's, he's, he's obviously, he doesn't have it all together. You know, obviously he's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, but he's lacking yeah. in some way. Well, yeah, yeah, of course I'm human. I don't have the you know, ability to be, uh, perfect. You know, mm-hmm. that's, uh, we serve the one who was, that's, 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 that's as close <laughs> as I can come. Uh, but, um, you know, I think that being vulnerable, and in that moment was difficult, but at the same time, uh, I think that it was impactful, um, because I could have put on this facade that I was, um, that I was unaffected, you know, I was okay, that I was standing strong and, um, you know, that I was, it was going to be just fine, but I I didn't believe that first of all. Um, uh, in my, in my, in my mind, in my heart, I was, you know, there was a lot of hopelessness there that I was sifting through mm-hmm. and I, and I believed it was better for my people to see that, um, that to see that there was this, this sort of struggle that even their pastor has to go through. And that means that they also know that if they're going through that, they can bring that to somebody that knows and that understands. Uh, and so my hope was in my vulnerability, cause I, I did, I, I was vulnerable with my people and I, you know, but, and I said, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is if, you know, this is a place for us to be vulnerable and for us to know that uh, it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what, you know, that you, you know, um, what you're bringing to, you know, to that, you know, if you're, if you're willing to be vulnerable, uh, then we are willing to listen and support you. And you were telling me that this had yet to be a long time pastorate. That you haven't been at Briar Creek years and years and years when this traumatic event happened. How long were you at Briar Creek prior to December of 2021? Well, um, didn't even make it a year. I was the six months, a half a year in mm-hmm. uh, when the tornado, you know, really change things up uh you know it really i mean just it, it's flipped my life upside down flipped the life of all of bremen upside down and uh you know but i will preface this but I say, you know or qualify this by saying that i don't i don't think there's a minister anywhere no matter if you've been at that church for six months or 20 plus years that would be prepared for what happened you know right. um right. The seminary, you know, Memphis Theological Seminary, I, I love them to death, but, you know, they can't prepare me for something like that, you know. <laughs> you know they can't prepare no. anybody for something like that because that's just not something that you know how to prepare for. Right. Um, you know, you can take disaster relief courses and disaster knowledge, you know, you know, thing, but until you experience and know uh, sort of that, that feeling and go through it, really, it's on the, you know, that field almost field training almost i was i don't know if that's the right way to say that but it's it's what came to mind yeah um well certainly a real life experience for sure real life experience there we go um there you know until you really you know feel that uh you know and go through it then then you'll begin to understand but even that you can't really prepare and and that doesn't matter if you're a young young gun minister or you know you you're a veteran minister that's been there you've been doing your job for a long time you know it's i don't think (laughs) I don't think this is something you can prepare for anyways. So that's, that's right. A loss is loss. Death mm-hmm. is death. Trauma is trauma. Absolutely. Yeah. And to call it by any other name would, I don't certainly would not put you on the path towards healing. I don't think. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> well, we're 
almost 18 months out from December and looking back, Tyler, how has this shaped your ministry? How has this shaped the relationship you have with the community and the relationship with your family as well? Oh, boy, that's a three-part question. So you chew on whatever part that you want to, Tyler. But um, you've already expressed that you can't go through such an event without being changed. So how has that changed your ministry, your faith, and your relationships? I think mostly, you know, in my ministry and my faith, I think it's really switched perspectives or like kind of changed up perspectives for me. Uh, it really um, um, sort of helped me focus on what matters, uh, you know, on on the people that sit in my congregation. Uh, I think that, you know, and, and maybe this is uh, – getting a little off topic, but I think so, some, so often we get wrapped up in other things, uh, as ministers and as leaders in the church and we argue things and argue things. But, uh, the reality is the people that sit in our churches every Sunday, those are what matter, you know, how we minister to them. That's what matters. Um, and, and you know, for me, at least, um, seeing, uh, seeing, you know, them come in every Sunday and knowing they're going to be, you know, they're in those seats and, you know, then seeing the two seats that should have somebody there, uh, that don't because they were taken from us, you know, that's, that's hard. Um, but again, that reminds me that, you know, I've only got a limited amount of time, you know, uh, with them and they've only got limited time with me. I don't know where I'm going to go. <laughs> you know, I hope that it's a long time from now, but, um, you know, that's what, you know, that I guess that perspective of, you know, that's what really matters, uh, mm. you know, and in that moment and bringing others into that moment with us, that family with us um, and, and showing them God, showing them God's love, showing them who Jesus is. Uh, and, and yeah, yeah, uh, being present. There's a, there it is again. That's what yeah. I was well, I think that's very theological. If we look at the life and death and life again of Jesus Christ, how thin those lines are and how close they are. And I think when we're younger and maybe young at heart, we sort of keep those two things at a distance, but they really are close. And the death, whether metaphorical or real, is also a reminder of how precious life is, I think, okay. and how enjoyable yeah. it can be and is. Mm -hmm. Before we move from this part of our faith journey, Tyler, if you would just tell me uh, where we're doing the recording um, for this podcast, uh, where you're sitting at, uh, just to provide an update but also, I think a small celebration. Well, uh, you know, it is a very uh, a big celebration for me. I'm going to celebrate. I, I'm actually doing this podcast, this recording from uh, the basement of my new manse. Uh, the new manse, the new house has been rebuilt, and so we are just busy, you know, making it a home. Uh, and we we unpacked very quickly this time because last time we did not. So, <laughs> um, uh, and how yeah. long how long have you and Heather been in? Your new re your newly rebuilt home. Uh, we're going on about a month. All so. right. Congratulations, 
to well, be able to you. call, yeah, be able to call home home again. Oh yes, Tyler. Let's talk about um, a very deep and meaningful faith experience for you. Um, it could have been when you were very young, and let's start there. Maybe the earliest faith encounter that you can recall. And then we'll, we'll go from there, kind of just sort of a, a chronological journey, if you want. But we can always take a little sideways paths. That but, sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. Th- help me think back and share with me maybe the earliest faith encounter that you can recall. Well, uh, I uh, am grateful and blessed to have been uh, born the grandson of a Como Presbyterian minister. Uh, Reverend Cordell Smith. Uh, and so a lot of my early life was spent with him. Um, he picked me up from school. Mom and dad had to work. Uh, and so he and I would spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, you know, just because he had his grandkid with him, he also had to go work at the office sometimes. And <laughs> uh, and so I would go with him. Uh, and I had the choice of, you know, I could go to, the, if they had a nursery at the church he was at at the time, uh, I could go to the nursery, play around there, you know, but sometimes I would just, you know, grab a couple toys and then go sit in his office uh, and be quiet because he was working on things. But, um, you know, I would sit in his office with him just to be around grandpa, you know, be around Papa is what I called him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just listening to him as he um, recited his sermons um, that's a very impactful experience for me. And and then I think that has a lot to do with where I'm at today um, in, in many ways. Um, you know, he, uh, when I was, you know, by the time I was uh, old enough to really, you know, listen in and understand what was happening, uh, he had, he had gotten to the point where his seeing his sight was not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time my grandmother was driving him to and from church. And so she'd pick us, pick pick me up with him and we go go places but she uh or he would he would recite his sermons uh in a uh a tape recorder and then he would listen back to him listen back to him listen back to him and then he would uh then record it again he would he would he would continue to uh just recite it back uh, until he knew it uh and there's a lot of dedication there he he saw he knew how important it was that his message, uh, uh, you know, the God's message, uh, be heard, and that you know he had a a duty toward for his people. So was he, if you can remember, was he using the tape recorder as in like note taking, or was he already kind of like working as in this is the delivery and he kept doing the delivery until it could be memorized. Do you recall? He would do, well, he would do both. I think he had two separate, I, you know, a little bit of a, uh, <laughs> oh, remember I'm still like 12. So I, you know, detail wise, <laughs> right. uh, you know, uh, um, but you know, I, you know, I do remember him reciting the sermon he was going to preach that day. So it was him delivering it. Um, and he wanted to make sure that he got it, you know, he did his best uh, so that God's message was heard. What an impression that must have made on you to see the dedication and the creativity to be able to adjust with, mm-hmm. um, well, the changes of our body 
And so instead of going, well, I'm done, I'm going to go ahead and retire, I give up, I'm hanging up the rope or whatever phrase we want to use, he kept at it and he just adjusted as his body adjusted. That's that's some dedication there. Absolutely. It's pretty good first encounter. Now, at that time when you were, we'll pick up at 12 years old, we can always go back if you think of another experience. Were you thinking ministry or were you just thinking girls, sports? Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably yeah, girls, <laughs> sports. I have more probably girls than anything. But, um, you know, I, you know, you know, that's that age. You know, you start taking an interest in. Uh, and so I, you know, yeah, I was obsessed. You know, obsessed is not the right word, but I was, you know, interested in, uh, you know, uh, you know, it probably was the right word. Probably, <laughs> it probably, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, but you know, I was interested in, in in a few girls in my class, and I, you know, I tell Grant, I tell Papa about them, you know, and you know, but uh, uh, <laughs> but I don't think that I had uh, really the inclination to go into ministry. I, you know, I. I don't think I would figure that out or really recognize that that was God's call for my life until way later, um, probably in college. Yeah, I was in college uh, about my freshman year. Um, so up until then, I was it was a a, a slew of different uh, uh, things I wanted to do with my life, uh, but I, but I can assure you that ministry was not one of them. Um, so <laughs> uh, it was. <laughs> It was something that I'd have to recognize later on in life, you know, so. Yeah. (laughs) It's just funny that you were like, hey, there are possibilities out there, but ministry was not on my radar at that time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the transition then from... Um, this not being on your radar or an option or a vocation or a calling to actually becoming a vocation and a calling or a calling and a vocation. Well, uh, that, that would, that change with our transition would take place, uh, right about the second semester of my freshman year of college. Uh, I had made a mess of things, um, didn't do right, uh, in many ways, uh, flaunt, uh, you know, really just squandered. Uh, the opportunity that I had been given uh, to, um, you know, learn and, and, you know, go through, you know, you know, you know, I'm, where I'm going with this is that I, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I partied and I partied a lot uh, and that turned into a lot more drinking than I should have been doing. And, 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 uh, and a lot of smoking uh, marijuana. Yeah, that was the, that was it, you know, never, never any, you know, very hard drugs or anything like that. I didn't want that, but, um, you know, it was, you know, drinking and smoking and, uh, that was practically my entire semester that semester. That's what I did. And, uh, it would, it would be a friend of mine who, um, who would look me in the eye and he would say, and out of nowhere, I mean, this wasn't just in conversation. This was out of nowhere. He said, you know, look, Tyler, I'm going to tell you this. I had, I feel like I need to tell you this. Um, there wasn't, there was a moment this year, this is the end of the semester. This what there wasn't a moment this semester that I didn't see you drunk or high. And that was it. That's all he said. And I think in that moment, I really uh, was 
felt like God smacked me in the back of the head uh, because it, it's interesting coming from him. You know, he he had always he had a, he struggled a lot uh, with his faith, um, and and that's why I knew when he said, you know, I feel like I need to tell you this. I listened in closely because mm-hmm. you know if he you know this is this is not normal for him, uh, and so when he told me that, uh, yeah, that's like I said, I felt like God was really speaking through him and giving me a gold smack on the back of the head because I really had made a mess of things. And I was trying to go on my own path, do my own thing, you know, and it wound up flat on my face. Um, did, then, you, then, uh, did you guys, oh, did you converse about this or was this just a one-off statement and you stepped away? Did you defend yourself? Did you, what was happening what? in that moment? Did he drop the bomb and just leave it in the room? No, he didn't, he didn't just, he didn't walk away, which <laughs> that would have been kind of cool if he did yeah. you know, for him. Uh, I would have been a little, <laughs> you know, but you know, he, he sat and he talks with me about it and he said, I don't know why I didn't tell you this, but I just, I really feel like I need to say it. Mm-hmm. I needed to say it. And, uh, we got to talking about it just a little bit and, you know, and, you know, and I thanked him for it and I, you know, it was, it would have been easy to be very defensive with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like I said, I, I recognize that, you know, for him to say something like that, it was really, you know, dire. Um, so it, it was who said it and how mm-hmm. they said it. And how they said it. Uh, and where they said it was pretty. Mm-hmm. It was at that moment where you could you could hear it for what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I, um, you know. I, I took his words and I, you know, I, I personally, I, I, I mulled over them. I thought about them. I sat with them. Uh, and then uh, I was also dating Heather at the time, my wife, uh, and she and I talked about it. Um, and then I think she was the one that really, that really helped me get on, you know, recognize the path that God had set out for me because I was still really confused about what I was going to do. And and she said, Tyler, look, of all the classes that you have, you know, you failed most of them, except the ones that have to do with faith, you know. <laughs> and so she said, those are the ones you're obviously interested in. Those are the ones you're great at. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> which is which is funny, you know. <laughs> but I was like, you're right. You know, I understand that. And she said, look, you know, we can see it. And people have already told you all throughout life that, mm. you know. You're you're called to be something. You're you're called to be a minister. You're you're called to follow in your grandfather's footsteps. And you know, I uh, I guess until that point, I'd really just you know I didn't want I didn't want to be Cordell 2.0. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know I, I think that uh, that was that's something that kept me from doing that was you know everybody says you're going to be just like your grandfather. It's like well I want to be Tyler. You know I don't want to be Cordell 2.0. You know mm-hmm. and so a little that I know. Um, you know, all these years from now, after I graduate, I would be going through uh, what I went through. And well, that's that's something that Tyler goes through. That's not, you know, that's that can't be Cordell 2.0 at that point. But so you really felt that pressure at a younger mm-hmm. age, that that yeah. shadow, oh, yeah. even knowing the personality of your grandfather towards you, mm-hmm. there was still that pressure. Wow. Well, you've certainly taken a different path than your grandfather, or have had different experiences rather than, yeah, than yeah. your grandfather. All right, I spoke over you, please, Tyler. Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was I was agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, um, it was, isn't it wonderful to have individuals, maybe even when it hurts a little bit, 
but affirm the reality within our own lives. But also there's that encouragement of like, you have gifts, don't waste them, you know, utilize them. They're yours. They're unique to you. Tyler 1.0. Tyler 1.0. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) The original. (laughs) So was the, was the transformation or the change, was it pretty rapid or was it something you, you know, it, did it take months, a semester or two to kind of get back on track? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was it was one of those uh, slow burn sort of okay. uh, uh, transitions uh, because I had a lot of making up to do, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, that was academic, but also with, with, you know, bridges. You know, I may have tried, you know, if I didn't burn bridges, I, I certainly, you know, broke them a little bit. And so uh, there were this a lot of reparate, you know, repairing that needs to be done. Rep- yeah. Well, without giving specifics, how, how hard was that? I mean, that's, that can be pretty humbling to go back and apologize and try to make amends. Well, it, you know, it was difficult, uh, because I think it, in part, it, it takes owning, owning what you've done, owning the mm-hmm. mistakes you've made, which is never easy. Um, and then, you know, I wouldn't say promising to do better. Uh, I don't, I, because, um, you weren't making those big leaps. I wasn't faith. making big promises. No. Uh, uh, but you know, I think there was the, uh, the, the recognition that I, I, I do, I now know, you know, I have this path set before me. I, I recognize that this path is not my own, but God's path. Uh, and I will do my best to adhere to it. And that's, that's many of the ways that's, you know, in an essence, that's what I said, you know. When you began your preparation for ministry from the educational aspect and you were exploring your call, was it a call to the word and the sacraments? Did you think about, you know, I don't know, becoming a professor, an instructor, chaplaincy, youth ministry, or what did that look like for you, Tyler? Well, I, uh, I had the opportunity when I was about 16 or 17 to, to preach a sermon, uh, to get, well, you know, to give a sermon at, in Bowling Green Church. And I really, really, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, and I, I thought back to that moment when I was sort of, you know, trying to fix everything that I had messed up, you know, and, um, you know, I thought about, you know, you know, how comfortable I was there. Uh, not that I wasn't nervous. I think nerves keep you humble, but, uh, you know, recognize that it almost felt like I was at home there. Uh, and so, uh, and then also thinking about all the times that somebody had said, you know, you're a lot like your grandfather and how you, uh, you know, handle things and how you approach people and, you know, and, and, and not taking that as you're going to be him, you know, but all, but in you, we share these sort of aspects, these things that ministers would do. Um, and so, uh, really putting that into perspective, that's, that's sort of what helped me recognize, you know, and all the affirmations from other people that I should be seeking the, the call to word and sacrament, but I did start as a youth minister. So, okay. All right. <laughs> well, there's wonderful skills in that role of ministry for sure. And, to do well in ministry. And what I mean by that is uh, have good service is to work with people and what a better yes. group of people than young people. Oh, oh my, yes. And, <laughs> and my, uh, my youth group, uh, surprisingly uh, enough, uh, I guess, you know, in many ways, 
the the wedding I was going to uh, the the night of December 10, or that was for my former youth from when I was a youth pastor. And so, hmm. um, you know, and so in many ways, I thank them, you know, thank God for that moment as a youth pastor, because I would have never known them, <laughs> you know, so, and <laughs> Tyler, let's talk about um, your relationship with God and can you share with me some moments when you felt the very closeness of God, when you felt the most in tune and have there been moments in your life where you, you felt that relationship was a bit distant or strained? Oh, certainly. Uh, you know, starting with, you know, those moments where, you know, I, I felt distant, of course, that, you know, that time when I was making all those interesting mistakes, um, you know, I, I felt distant. I felt like I was trying to fill a hole that only God could. And so you, you really allow that to resonate. You, you re, you can remember consciously going, uh, my, the relationship of my youth or the relationship of the previous year with God is different than it is right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. You're, you're a better person than me. <laughs> Well, the reason I'm asking is because I, I think in my own moments of um, where I have felt distant, it's when I have thought very little of the relationship that I have with God. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, uh, the, there have been those moments, too. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just, you know, thinking of, you know, one of the most prominent moments. It would have been, the you know, that time when I had really made a mess of things, you know, yeah. and so because I, I would. I think that I really was. I was di- very distant from God at that point, mm-hmm. um, trying to, you know, do my own thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which again, I ended up flat on my face. So, um, <laughs> another humbling place, another to be. <laughs> humbling place to be. Um, and so, uh, but there, there have been uh, quite a few moments where it's just, uh, maybe I, I think for me, it's when, you know, think maybe when things are, also when they're going good and you get complacent uh and there's like that that um sort of routine every day do this 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 you know it's tuesday i do this wednesday i do this you know there's that um i think there's that 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 habit or temptation really uh to sort of become complacent and that happens every so often with me and and i imagine with you too uh like you said you know that it just it just becomes you know <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Maybe you can help me with that word. But uh. Well, for me, I think one of the challenges that uh, I try to keep uh, in front of me is for my relationship not to become um, my job, my vocation. Right. Oh, yeah, right. That yeah. they're already intertwined in ministry, and I, that's quite a blessing. But I don't want the relationship to feel like mm-hmm. uh, set hours or only right. through the motions right. and the functions of the church or the church life or administrative work or pastoral care. They're together, and yet they're still there's that they're separated as mm-hmm. well um, because it's a it's a relationship of grace between God and me. And then it pours out through me in the work and service I've been called to. But I think for me, that, that gets pretty blurry at times. And I don't want it to. I always try to keep that challenge in front of me. 
and recognize it when it's there. I don't know. That was not the word that you were looking for, but But that's, you know, it was even better. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about those moments of very closeness when you feel most in tune and most aware of your relationship with God. And, and how would you put that into words who, to someone who may not be faith connected, um, and, may not believe in Jesus Christ or the existence of a higher power. You know, how would you are, what was that experience or what does that feel like? And how would you articulate it to someone else who's not in the similar place? I can, I can tell you from, uh, you know, my time traveling to the seminary, some of my closest moments to God with God have been driving in a car, uh, you know, cause it, I can turn, I can turn everything off uh and you know turn the radio off and and all of that and just you know just me and in the silence which is what i was was going for there uh and um and just talk uh Mm -hmm. and talk about the things that have been going on um you know and i think that one of the things that uh is, is so awesome uh in that is knowing that it's not you know god it's not like you have to say these different things to me in order to talk to me it's look, talk to me, you know, uh, talk to me like I'm your best friend because I want to be, you know? And so, um, you know, I, you know, I, you know, that's how you would talk to somebody that you get to know. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think I, it was, it was yeah, yesterday. I think I was looking at a Facebook post that said, um, you know, you talk to the people, you talk longer or you talk more to the people, you know, better. And so, uh, there was, you know, that, you know, it it was in reference to us talking to God, um, and so, um, really, it's those moments of, you know, just just talking to Him, uh, like I would talk to my buddy that's sitting right next to me, or you know, uh, anything like that. You know, t- talking like we talk now. Yeah, I I like that, Tyler. That if I think about the relationships that we that we have and that we want to have, we have to be honest and authentic and real and, and, um, incomplete, you know, maybe we can't finish our thought or we stumble over our words or we lose or train the thought that happens in, in any given conversation right, right. or even just, you were talking about the car ride. There are times where there's just silence, a comfortable silence with a good friend and it's not strange or awkward. Right, right. It's it's like it's 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 okay, you know. Yeah. It's it's fine. Yeah. Uh, I, but I think you know. Let's be honest. In this world, you know, we don't get enough silence nowadays. <laughs> so it's it's just appreciated all around. <laughs> yeah. Do you miss those uh, long commutes? Uh, because they do afford well, thinking time, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Oh, they do. They do. Uh, and I don't really get those commutes now. Um, mm. Uh, my drive from my house to the church is about half a mile and uh, I can do some thinking there, but not that quick. Uh, I can't do a lot of thinking. Right. Uh, right. Uh, but you I know, I think, to, I, I think the, <laughs> you can't even get one song in for half a no, mile. No, not even a song. Uh, and so it is sort of, it's sort of having to ad- adapted that in many ways is that, you know, it's also a possibility to do that in the room you're sitting in. I can do that in my office, mm-hmm. uh, at the church or here at my, at the manse, you know, and, and then, 
turn on a song, have a little worship service for myself. I mean, that's, that's, you know, just me and God and have a worship service. You know, I, I think that's I, I, either way, you know, whether you're dri- driving in a car or sitting in an office chair, it's, uh, I think it's possible you just have that conversation with God, you know, yeah. and it, it, I don't think he, I don't think God really, you know, is concerned about where you're sitting. <laughs> you <know? laughs> just that you're talking to him, I think is what he's concerned with. You know, he wants, he wants you to do that. We've been talking about um, the importance of presence and relationships. You and I were talking off mic and how some of your hobbies and your interests have placed you in unique places to be in conversation with um, different perspectives and points of view and walks of life. If you don't mind, let's talk about like what some of those settings were. And also, Tyler, if you don't mind, so we don't fall into the vernacular um, when, <laughs> when we say like Discord and maybe right, video right. games, we, we yeah. slow down and kind of spell what those are for whoever sure, was listening. Sure. Who may oh, not yeah, know. I understand. I understand. So. <laughs> but it, it was really engaging of how you've, you've incorporated, well, you, you enjoy something and and through that enjoyment of this particular thing you've got to meet new people mm-hmm. so uh i have multiple hobbies uh of course if you could see on my camera right now that if i turn it to the right just a little bit there's a whole bunch of instruments i play a lot of uh guitar learning bass guitar uh, so that's one of the hobbies that i, I have but that, you know that that's really more of person that's just me and if anybody else is watching, I'm going to be concerned because normally it's just me down there in the basement learning, you know, <laughs> playing. So, uh, but you know, uh, you know, there is, there's that, but you know, I also, one of my things I've grown up, uh, playing video games, love them. Uh, I think that there's so much art and story behind them, mm-hmm. uh, that it's, it's, it's engaging in that way. It's, it's like playing your own, you know, a story. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so, um, Oftentimes, uh, if it's not, you know, something that's, you know, a single player video game, I'm playing with other people. Uh, and that leaves, leads me to being in groups such as, uh, you know, it's like a discord group. It's like a, a, a voice chat with a whole bunch of people in it. And we all have this one like server, you know, sort of area we can meet in on the internet and talk. Um, it, does that, did that explain it? I, 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 I make think, sure. well, does it have a visual piece or is it just, uh, we, there is that option. Uh, you mm-hmm. can have that visual if you want to, it's kind of, you know, we would probably use zoom other than that, you know, if we wanted right. to do that, but discord is sort of like just having a big chat room, yeah. uh, vo- for voice chat. So you can talk over and everybody's uh, gathered on uh, maybe a particular server. What's drawn people to that server is is a certain gameplay or theme or, uh, and then please fill in the blank. Just to, just kind of paint a picture for those who haven't dived into maybe like a Twitch or Discord, um, things like that, that they may not be familiar with. And so so Discord is, is an app that you can get on your phone or on the computer uh, that allows you to connect with a whole bunch of different people, uh, with their usernames. You send like, it's kind of like, you know, Facebook, you send friend requests back and forth. And once you have them as a friend, you can enter into phone calls. That's what their discord calls is what they call them. It's like phone calls. Um, 
And once you're in that Discord call uh, with them, you can just chat back and forth. Uh, it's like being on a phone call in many ways, but you're on the computer and you have headsets or using your microphones. And so you just chat back and forth and it runs separately from if you're playing a video game. So if you're playing a video game, you can have Discord on the side as like your phone call that you're talking back and forth with your people you're playing with. Uh, and so uh, that that um, is probably really that's a, that's a common thing to do uh when you're playing video games on the computer is to use this discord uh and uh once you uh talk to or once you get everybody in a group together you can continually call everybody in that group uh at certain times whenever you're playing together uh and you can also um chat together like with typing like texting uh and so uh it leads to a lot of interesting things because um uh you can do this you know just during the day and and i'll have you know friends of mine that are on discord uh talking and texting and then they'll they'll ask you know are they'll ask me to join in on the the conversation they're having which is where it, it gets you know like i said it gets interesting when uh you're the only minister in the group uh, <laughs> half the time and so um yeah because the t the talk can be it can be a bit of banter or video game talk, right, trash right. talk. But when you're playing with maybe the, sort of this, a similar group, the same people mm -hmm. reoccurring, you end up, you were telling me you can end up having conversations oh, that may yes. not have anything to do with gameplay. And this is what I found really intriguing. Mm -hmm. Oh, there, it is often the case that we completely, like we'll just be playing and then we'll, we'll play the video game and we're having this whole other conversation on the side, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, you know, uh, you know, and so sometimes I, I can't because I can't do more than one thing at a time. Sometimes <laughs> I'll stop playing and I'll, yeah. I'll log off and I'll just sit there and talk. But, um, you know, we'll have conversations, deep theological conversations and questions that people may have that they may not get answered otherwise, you know, and uh, oftentimes, you know, I'm, I'm in chat. I'm in the chat room uh, with a lot of guys who either are don't believe at all uh don't believe in the, the existence of god uh they're atheist or they're agnostic uh and so they have all these questions concerning that and they know and i've told them many many times do not do not hesitate to ask me you can talk to me about these things i love talking about them mm. um you know and they know you know be respectful about it don't you know <laughs> you don't <laughs> but you know at the end of the day um you know even if even if it's just a you know a conversation over discord i feel like even then god can work through that so um you know in many ways i might be the only person that you know the only the only time they hear words from the bible the only time they hear theology um and so to me that's an amazing experience and, and, an, and a humbling experience knowing that god has placed me in that position doing something that that i you know i enjoy as a as a hobby to to unwind right you know to to sort of decompress. Yeah, you're not on the video game or Discord to evangelize. No, you, not at you're all. You're on there, no. but from a natural uh, presence and getting to know there's been that, <laughs> I'll go ahead and say it, that safe space where people can raise questions and right, feel safe right. enough. And the reason I wanted you to share that, Tyler, is because, one, you've taken something that you enjoy, this, your side of it, you enjoy it's a hobby, it's a way to unwind, way to connect with people. And 
and have engaging conversations and dialogue. And then on the other end, if I wasn't faith connected, but maybe I was seeking or curious or I didn't know any other Christians. And, if, you know, this Tyler guy seems pretty straight and fair. And, and there's that also that anonymity uh, aspect of it as, of, uh, you know, from, from another perspective, as in I can ask this, this person doesn't know where I live. And if it seems like a stupid question, you know, they can't make fun of me or I can log off. You know, there's that sense of control of, of um, asking the question. I just think it's it wonderful because you and I were talking about this the other night and I've had a couple of days to think about, you know, what a wonderful opportunity to wrap um, you know, the sharing of your faith along with something that you've been enjoying right, right. for a long time. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, 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 uh, like I said, it's never a dull moment. Um, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, their conversations, they get, they, they're, they're, they get deep and theological, but there's always like a, you know, there's always this recognition that, you know, we're all here, uh, to, you know, to have fun and we're all mm -hmm. here to, you know, to really just enjoy each other's company. And I think yeah. that really helps that along. Uh, right. Um, and so they know I'm not there in any sort of condemnation, con condemn, uh, condemn, condemning. There it is. Condemnation, uh, judgmental. Yeah, I'm yeah. not there in any sort of condemnation, judgmental, uh, aspect, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm there, I'm there to, you know, to be there with them and enjoy this moment with them. Uh, and, and, and it's, it's brought me great joy and, and, you know, and I've, I've got to give praise to God because a lot of my guys that I talk to, uh, they'll, I've, they've asked me about the sermons that I've preached, uh, which means that tells me they've been watching my sermons. So that was, uh, that was, that was something that, I, you know, I'm like, Whoa, hold up. <laughs> you said you watched my whole sermon, uh, you know? And so that, that was, you know, just something that was awesome for me to see. Uh, and, you know, really just, uh, you know, an affirmation that God is really working through, even through this avenue, uh, of, uh, of connection, you know. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing that part, Tyler. And um, because I, I didn't want, I don't want us to think that this is Tyler's discord gospel hour because it's not <laughs> that at all. Right. But right. it's in a natural context of where people feel comfortable enough and safe enough to ask curious questions about the mm -hmm. faith and dialogue about it. And I just find that fascinating and great. And oh, yeah. I, I wanted to hear it yeah. again. So thank you for oh, sharing. Yeah, and, it, and it didn't get, it, it didn't start that way. You know, it, you know, it, it, it took a lot of time to get yeah. there. So, yeah. uh, but you know, it, it, and it, it all starts, you know, the really, and I was, you and I were talking about this, uh, or I, told, I was telling you about this. It's really interesting. The people's reaction, uh, when I'm playing a video game and I'm in their discord chat with them and they find out what I do. Right. You mm -hmm. know, and they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> What, when did when did preachers start playing video games? I was like, well, there are a lot of them. You just don't, <laughs> you right, don't run into right. them every now and then. Right, especially with the last two two gener, including my generation, uh, it's not like you you became a minister and then you started playing video games. They were in our hands when we were younger. So, I mean, we've grown up with the video game, so it's not like I need an evangelistic tool. What can I find? Oh, I'm going to take this method. No, it was something that you already had. It was something already you were already enjoying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about the church. And okay. Tyler, from your perspective and from your experience, 
what do you think we as a community of faith is getting right? And what do you think and where do you think we have areas for improvement? Well, uh, as a church, are you are you want, speaking uh, as denominationally our church, the Carmel Presbyterian Church? I, I want to clear this clarification there. Sure, we can do Tyler. We can do both. We can talk about the church okay. universal, um, and or we can talk the, about the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. I'm always intrigued with this question. I enjoy people's insight because it makes me think deeper and reflect more. Yeah on the community of faith that you and I are a part of. Okay. Uh, well, you know, one of the big things that I can see with the, the Church Universal, but also the Cumberland Presbyterian Church, is uh, uh, our, our outreach outside of, you know, uh, our mission work is, except, you know, great. Because um, we see a lot of growth. Uh, there's a lot of growth in a lot of places. Um, and so to me, that's, that's a wonderful thing to see. Um, but at the same time, and I was going to, this is where I was going. Uh, we can also see where there's a decline. Uh, unfortunately, that's the thing is you see where there's growth, but it also highlights where the decline is too. Uh, and so we know there's a decline and it's a decline. It's quite close to home. Um, and so to me, um, I think one of the things that, um, we are um in needing improving uh need to improve is um uh, our relation in our own home you know you know in our own uh, united states which is easier said than done i mean there's a lot of a lot of difficulty uh that that arises from you know being a church within the united states um and that goes for any denomination, you know, not just ours. Mm -hmm. Um, and so how we address and how we adapt to the world. Um, and you know, I think that that matters. Um, uh, because, you know, you think about all of the, you know, the, the gospel writers, you think about Paul, you think about, they, they are very aware of the world they live in. Um, uh, they know the way the world works with them and you know, and they know how to work within that. Uh, and sometimes I feel like we don't. Uh, I feel like we, <laughs> I feel like we're 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 here, you know, way off on the left, you know, left, right, whatever, you know, side. And then, but the world's, you know, way over here. Where do we find that balance, right? Like we don't want to become the world. I, you know, I, I, you know, I don't get me wrong. You know, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, but what I'm saying is how we how we connect with and how we minister to the world has to evolve along with the world. Mm -hmm. um, and so in many, in many cases that brings back up what I, you know, what I do just by, you know, naturally, uh, you know, through my love of video games, that has become a place of ministry. Uh, and so that would be sort of an adaptation is that that happens in our world nowadays as you know, and so I guess, does, does that make sense? Am I, am I, am I making sense here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, to, to be intentional, and mm -hmm. again, I'm going to go back to some of the things you've been hitting on is yes. the the power of presence and mm -hmm. the importance of relationships. Right. You know, these these are things that in our best moments, we as Christians, as the community of faith, we can do really, really well. Mm -hmm. And and at the same time, this is also and I don't want to shade your opinion. I think this is also areas for improvement as well. We can be more right. intentional. We can 
we we can be uh, individuals where people feel uh, comfortable enough to throw their questions uh, right. or their anger or whatever it may be, and and be the people of grace. Right, right. Uh, one of the things I, I've heard pretty recently, um, somebody had said this. I, I wish I could credit them. I just don't, I don't remember who said it, uh, <laughs> but somebody said that uh, the phrase, uh, this is the way things have always been, uh, is the number one killer of the church. Uh, and so it is. I, you know, I get it. You know, I understand that, you know, because the world continues on. The church has to learn how to, to walk within it, too. Um, and, and how to connect in those relationships. Yeah. I've never thought about that before, but that could be an incomplete sentence to quote. This is the way that it has always been. However, however, but, but, you know, we can change, we can adjust, we, we can adapt. Um, we, yeah, I mean, it's a inc- we can make it an incomplete sentence, not with the period Absolutely. so early, and uh, I think is that, what I'm trying to yeah, say. And I think that's really what Jesus talks about a lot when he talks about, you know, not putting uh, new wine old, new wine in old uh, wineskins. You know, that's the, uh, the sort of the same thing is, you know, you know, you may, you bring out, you bring about new wineskins to put new wine in. And that's uh, sort of the. I guess the logic behind there now, I could be off. You could tell me that if you want to, but it seems, <laughs> it seems like where he's going with that. Um, uh, in many ways, you know, but there's just this, this need, uh, that, that, that really prevails in the church to, uh, understand the world that we exist in and work within it and find the ways that are best to work within it. And that doesn't always look the same from decade to decade. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, this question attaches to kind of what we're talking about, like your your ideas, your hopes, your dreams for the Cumberland Presbyterian Church, looking into the future. Um, what would those be? What what do you dream for us? What what abilities, what gifts do we have to give this world that we live in? Well, my 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 main hope, uh, main prayer for the denomination uh, itself is is that it, it remains true to who it is. Mm. Um, you know, I think that oftentimes, uh, you know, we you know circumstances make us want to go one way or the other. Uh, and I I for one believe that when we say we're a denomination of middle theology, I believe it. And, you know, I think that we should hold to that in many ways, but. Um, you know, that's my hope is that the CP church remains true to who it is, uh, you know, and or the Cumberland Presbyterian church, excuse me. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, but I also, you know, you know, I, my dream is that, you know, as, as we, as we continue to, um, sort of figure ourselves out, I would say, um, that, that we, we are intentional, like we've talked about. We are intentional in becoming uh, better at uh, at being involved in the world, being relevant to the world, honestly, mm-hmm. in many ways. Have you seen a recent movie that has uh, spoken to your faith? Have are I seen you, a recent movie? Yeah, uh, are you a big movie or? Um, I'm really, uh, unfortunately, I'm not. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't watch a lot of uh, movies. But uh, I mean, I, of the movies, of course, uh, 
the one I remember, you know, this is the, you know, this is old, you know, a little bit older, uh, but you know, facing the giants, all those movies, I love those, uh, okay. especially the, you know, the, the field, you know, the field scene where he's crawling blindfolded and, you know, he thinks he's at the halfway mark and he's gone all the way across the, the field. I think that was a powerful moment too, but. Well, how about books? You've had seminary behind you for a little while. Now you can read. And there's no due date. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, um, we should all, we should always be reading, uh, as church leaders lay or ordained, but there's no requirement now with a due date. Right. So right. what, what are you reading? Well, I, I think, uh, I've always been a huge fan of C.S. Lewis. Uh, and if you, uh, if you've ever read it, um, uh, the problem of pain has been a really, a really, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> appropriate almost you know timely uh read uh because it it really talks about you know why pain exists you know and or why why we have pain and why why we go through it Mm -hmm. um and and so it's been one of those things that i would like to do a study on it sometime um bible study but i think it would be it would be huge um but i you know any that book um uh, would be one, uh, taking another, uh, another, I guess, uh, another book would be, uh, the cost of discipleship, uh, by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my favorites. I could read it over yeah. and over again. Yeah. He's, um, he's a disciple on another level, isn't he? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine, yeah. uh, <laughs> doing what he did, you know, yeah. um, just, uh, but you know he was he was a voice uh and and it that spoke out regardless of what what would f- befall him mm-hmm. uh in many ways that's he followed exactly almost in the footsteps of jesus uh you know the Jesus called out the things that were wrong, you know Jesus said you know you know he spoke what needed to be spoken and in the mean you know as a disciple you know. Uh, of of Christ, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was one of those that followed that to the T. I, I would say, if not, you know, to the T, almost to the T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His faith was surely in action, wasn't it? Right, right. Yeah, in and, writing and, and in action. Yeah, yeah. And and it makes sense that he writes the you know the cost the, the cost of discipleship because he knew the cost and he he would he would end up he would end up paying that cost. Yeah. So. Tyler, thank you very much for your time. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, the experiences that you've had here lately have been certainly a huge mountain to climb and rebuilding physically and spiritually, not just you, but the community that you're a part of. Um, I envy your faith and your resoluteness of not becoming overcome by discouragement. And so I'm very gracious that you were willing to come on uh, this podcast and talk about it so openly and share your faith and the rawness and, and the joys. And um, um, I've, I've made a new friend, Tyler. And well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The Cumberland Road. Tyler mentioned C.S. Lewis in our conversation, and so I close with the last chapter, the last words of Lewis's book, 
mere Christianity. Give up yourself and you will find your real self. Lose your life and you will save it. Submit to death, death of your ambitions and favorite wishes every day, and death of your whole body. In the end, submit with every fiber of your being, and you will find eternal life. Keep back nothing. Nothing that you have not given away will ever be yours, really. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself. And you will find in the long run only hatred and loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ, and you will find him. And with him, everything else thrown in.